Section 83 of A Fair Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Fair Mystery by Bertha M. Clay. Chapter 83 A Mother's Anguish. They wondered why Lord Linley allowed no one to take the fatal news to his wife but himself. The secret of her early, ill-starred love and marriage had been so well kept all those years, it was useless to betray it now. He knew well what her anguish would be. He dreaded all scenes of sorrow, but he loved his wife, and no one must be with her in the first hour of her supreme trouble and bereavement. He went to her room when the detectives left, and found Mattie still keeping watch over her. Before speaking one word to his wife, he turned to Mattie. "'Thank you, my dear,' he said gently. "'You have carried out my wishes most faithfully. Will you go to Earl? Eugenia will take you where he is.' Then, when she had quitted the room, Lady Estelle flung herself into his arms. "'Ulrich,' she cried, "'tell me, what is the matter?' I know that something terrible has happened to Doris. What is it? My darling wife, he said, try to bear it. I have sad news for you, the saddest that I could bring you. Doris is dead. But even he, knowing how dearly the mother loved her child, was hardly prepared for the storm of anguish that broke over her. Dead, she cried, and never knew me as her mother. Dead, and never clasped her sweet arms round my neck dead without one word i cannot believe it ulrich how did it happen oh my darling my golden-haired child come back to me only just to call me mother how did it happen ulrich oh i cannot believe it he was obliged to tell her the pitiful story not one word did he say of the wedding costume destroyed or the captain's suspicion not one syllable yet strange to say the same idea occurred to her his wife had laid her head on his breast. She was weeping bitterly, and he clasped his arms around her. He said in a grave voice quite unlike his own, It must have been some beggar or tramp who knew the secret of that spiral staircase, and had resolved upon breaking into the house by that means. Someone who had learned in all probability that our daughter's jewels were kept in her chamber. Perhaps she carelessly left the outer door unlocked and while she was sitting dreaming the burglar entered noiselessly and then when she rose in her fright to give the alarm he stabbed her she did not think just then of asking if the jewels were stolen or not but strange to say she started up with a sudden cry oh ulrich ulrich was it all right with her do you think i have always been afraid just a little afraid since i heard how she begged for secrecy over her wedding do you think she was frightened at any one? Perhaps someone else loved her, and was madly jealous of her. He did not let her see how her words startled him, so like those used by Captain Ireley. He tried to quiet her. No, my darling Estelle, Doris had many lovers, we knew them, men of high repute and fair renown, but there was not one among them who would have slain her because she loved Earl. Remember yet one thing more. No one knew she was going to marry Earl. It had not even been whispered outside of our own house. It was a robbery and nothing else, carefully planned by someone who knew the only weak spot in the house. I have no doubt of it. 
then she broke down again and cried out with wild words and burning tears for her child her only child who had never known her as her mother they wondered again why the earl with his own hand led lady lindley to the silent death chamber he did not wish anyone to be near to see or to hear her he lived long after but he never forgot that terrible scene he never forgot how the mother flung herself by the side of that silent figure how caressingly her hands lingered on the golden hair on the sweet dead face he never forgot the passionate torrent of words words that would have betrayed her secret over and over again a thousand times had anyone been present to hear them she laid her face on the pale lips my darling she cried come back to me only for one hour come back while i tell you that i was your mother darling your own mother my arms cradled you my lips kissed you my heart yearned over you i am your own mother darling come back and speak one word to me only one word oh ulrich is it death see how beautiful she is her hair is like shining gold and she is smiling oh heaven she is smiling she is not dead but he drew her back telling her it was only a sunbeam shining on the dead face that she was dead and would never smile again only touch one hand he said there is nothing so cold as death she could only cry out her darling her darling oh for the days that were gone spent without her how dearly she would love her if she would but come back again lord linley was always thankful that he had brought her there alone and though he knew such indulgence in violent sorrow to be bad for her he would not ask her to go away until it was almost exhausted and then he knelt down by her side estelle he said you remember that it was for your father's sake we resolved to keep this secret nay we promised to do so you must not break this promise now you kept it while our darling lived keep it still control your sorrow for your father's sake kiss the quiet lips love and tell our darling that you will keep our secret for all time she had exhausted herself by passionate weeping and passionate cries she obeyed him humbly and simply as though she had been a child she laid her quivering lips on the cold white ones and said i shall keep our secret doris and then he led her away that same day lord linley sent telegrams to the duke and duchess of downsbury and to brackenside and before the noon of the next day the duke and duchess had reached linley court the duke took an active part in all the preparations for the ceremony of internment the duchess shut herself up in her daughter's room and would not leave her later on in the day mark and mrs brace came their grief was intense lord linley little knew how near he was then to the solving of the mystery but the same carefully prepared story was told to them as was told to everyone else a burglar had broken into her room and in the effort to give an alarm lady doris studley had been cruelly murdered nothing was said of the crushed bridal wreath or the torn wedding dress honest mark never heard that there was any other mystery connected with the murder than the wonder of who had done it perhaps had he told the story of lord vivian's visit to brackenside it would have furnished some clue 
but the earl was deeply engrossed and troubled mark never even remembered the incident had he heard anything of the captain's suspicions he might have done so it did not seem to him improbable that the young girl had been slain in the effort to save her jewelry and jewel robberies he read were common enough though the summer sun shone and the flowers bloomed the darkest gloom hung over lindley court who could have believed that so lately it had been gay with preparations for a wedding lady doris lay white still and beautiful in her silent room earl had shut himself up in the solitude of his chamber and refused to come out into the light of day lady estelle was really ill and the duchess never left her the one source of all help and comfort the universal consoler was mattie in after times they wondered what they should have done without her the duke and lord lindley were incessantly engaged for many long years nothing had made so great a sensation as this murder all england rang with it so young so beautiful so highly accomplished heiress to great wealth and on the point of marriage with the man she loved best in all the world it was surely the most sad and pathetic affair within the memory of man there was a suspicion of romance in it too murdered on the eve of her marriage some of the best detective skill in england was employed to trace out the murderer but it was all in vain the duke offered an unprecedented reward the earl another and the government another but it was all in vain there did not seem to be the slightest clue no handkerchief with the murderer's name no weapon bearing his initials no trace of any kind could be discovered of one of the most horrible crimes in the whole annals of the country there had been an inquest the maid eugenia mattie brace earl and lord linley all gave their evidence but when it was sifted and arranged there was absolutely nothing in it so that the verdict given was found murdered by some person or persons unknown nothing remained then but to bury her the brief life was ended there was no more joy no more sorrow for her it was all over neither her youth her beauty nor her wealth could save her her sin had found her out and the price of her sin was death there could have been no keener swifter punishment than hers and sin always brings it it seems so easy the temptation like that of doris is so sudden so swift so sweet the retribution seems so far off but sure as night follows day surely as the golden wheat ripens under the summer sun it comes at last until the hour she was taken from the sight of men she never lost any of her marvelous loveliness until the last she looked like a marble sculpture the highest perfection of beauty they wondered those who loved her best as they knelt by her side and kissed her for the last time why such wondrous loveliness had been given to her it had brought her no good it had given her swift terrible death rank wealth position all have their perils but it seemed to those who watched her that surely the greatest peril of all is the peril of beauty she had been so vain of her fair face it seemed to her that fair fragile beauty was the chief thing in life it had led her to vanity and from vanity to sin of the deepest deadliest dye she had paid the price now her life was the forfeit 
the sheen of her golden hair the light of the proud eyes the beauty of the radiant face the grace of the perfect figure were all hidden away that for which she had sinned and suffered for which she had neglected her heart mind and soul for which she had neglected heaven was already a thing of the past let poets and artists rave of beauty let the dead girl answer what had beauty done for her end of section eighty three